Welcome back to the second part of the message, Urgent Questions About Heaven, from 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. As we have started answering urgent questions about heaven, today we find those questions becoming more personal. That in itself makes them even more urgent. Here's Pastor Tim. Okay. Let's move on to question number two. What happens to a person who's never heard the gospel and they die, you know? So if a person dies and they've never heard of Jesus, they've never heard clearly the gospel, what happens to them? Do they go to heaven? Do they go to hell? Do they go to some middle ground, some kind of purgatory where they have to work? By the way, that's an unbiblical idea and you won't find it anywhere. No, it's one or two, isn't it? So, so where do they go? Does God, will God overlook their sin because of ignorance? You know, just because they don't know. All right, I gave you a short answer to the first question. Let me give you a short answer to this question. I mean, if I'm saying, will God overlook their sin due to ignorance, short answer to that is no. You know, if, if, uh, you know, if it's just simply that question, what happens to the person who never heard the gospel and they die? They're going to hell. That's, that's it. All right? Let me try to answer that in two different ways today. Let me give you a strategic answer, and then let me give you a scriptural answer. The strategic answer goes like this. Let's say that we identify a people group somewhere in the world um, who, has, who has never heard of Jesus, they've never heard the gospel, missionaries have never gone, the gospel just has not uh, penetrated to that part of the world yet. You may think, well, in our, in our day of technology, I mean, that can't be much. Our International Mission Board has identified 3,150 different whole groups of people scattered around the world who they categorize as unreached and unengaged. Unreached means that they've not heard the gospel. Unengaged means ain't nobody going to tell them either, Okay. So you've got over 3,000 groups of people that are just like that all over the world. So, so for that person, you know, we look at that and we say, hey, I identify a people group. We need, to, we need to get some missionaries in there right away. Well, hold on. If, if we kind of play devil's advocate with this question just a little bit, we say, no, I mean, if a person's never heard of Jesus and a person's never heard the gospel, then God does overlook their sin in their ignorance. You know, a lot of people believe that. So if that's the case, we would be foolish to send missionaries over there, right? I mean, why would I send a missionary to go tell somebody about Jesus and never heard of them? Because now they might hear and they might say no. So let's just, leave, let's just leave them poor folks in their ignorance and we can just sit back and relax and enjoy the Christian life. There's a bunch of Baptists believe that. It's not the case though, is it? It's not. Scripturally, let me show you. Take your Bible, turn out of 2 Thessalonians. Let's go to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1, I learn right here at the very beginning that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is accountable to God for their sinfulness. They are accountable to a holy God for their sin, whether they have quote-unquote heard or not. Look here at Romans chapter... Did I say Romans chapter 
one. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20. All right? I, suddenly I thought I said Romans chapter 3, but here we go. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, this ain't nothing new. This is nothing new. All right, I'm not, I am not telling you something that is, that, well, wow, boy, Tim, man, he's so smart. Look what he dug out of the Bible. That, man, that's got to be something new. That's not new. Since the creation of the world, it's been this way. His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood. That's an important word, isn't it? Not just seen, not just known, but understood by the things that are made. What? Even his eternal power and Godhead. Let me stop there for just a moment. There is enough in creation that points to God for God to be able to say, you are accountable for who you are and for what you do. Now, some of you that have been around long enough, you can probably tell my testimony better than I can tell it. <laughs> you, know, you know the James Passage, you know the log in North Georgia Woods, you know all that stuff, okay? Here's a part I really hadn't told a whole lot before. Uh, it really wasn't the Bible that drew me first, that captured my attention that day. You know what it was that captured my attention that day, that morning? It was a leaf. Now I know, you're going you're to hear this story and you're going to think, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I knew Tim was off his rocker, now I know for sure. So anyway, I just find this leaf, and back when I could actually see something, you know, I, I look at that leaf, and, and you look at it, and it's so intricate. You know, you got those little veins that kind of go up through the leaf, but then you look a little deeper, and those veins have veins, and then those veins have veins. And you think about, you know, what I was thinking about was, how vast and awesome and incredible the whole universe is. And yet here is this detail that matters to the Lord. And if some little vein in a leaf matters to the Lord, I suspect I matter to the Lord. Then he took me to that scripture. Then his spirit began to deal with me. It was just nature itself that really captured my attention that day. That's exactly what he's saying. And he's saying everybody, since things were created, everybody, everywhere can look at creation and know that there's a creator. Everybody, everywhere can look at the design and know that there's a designer. Everybody, everywhere can look at what's made and know that there's a maker. And it is to draw them to him. So it's not just the fact that they have not heard, is it? Let's finish verse 20. His eternal power and Godhead is seen and understood by the things that are made. And then he says this, so that they are without excuse. You don't get to claim ignorance at the judgment seat. You, know, you, don't, you don't get to say, well, I just, I just never knew, I never heard. Man, I lived in one of them 3,000 tribes. Ain't nobody ever come tell me about Jesus. You're still enough. You're still accountable. Before I even go on, let me say this, because I'm biting at the chomp to say it. Talk about urgency. If there are 3,000 people groups in the world who are unreached and unengaged, 
what in the world are we doing sitting around here? Let's send them folks. Let's send them somebody. Let's just go. All right, more about that later. Let's keep going in our verse. Sentence doesn't stop. He says, they are without excuse because, in verse number 21, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Remember what the definition of a fool is that you find in the Old Testament? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So he's looked at all this stuff in creation and said, there's no God. There's no creator. There's nobody but me. It's just me. I'm the captain of my own soul. And I'll get to determine how I want to live and what I want to do. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What does God do about that? You're going to be surprised when you start reading Because he's going to say, basically, all right, that's what you want. Have it. So here's the issue. This is part of what we don't understand. We always want to conform everybody into our mold so so that they do right, act right, talk right, look right. You know, they fit the Christian mold. The reality is this. You can choose anything you want to. You can choose any lifestyle that you want to live. But you can't choose the consequences of that choice. There are consequences that are come with whatever choice that you decide to live, decide to make, and decide to live on. You don't get to choose those. And that's what's coming in the next verses. Look at what he says, verse 24. Therefore, God has given them up to uncleanness. In other words, all right, you want to you go at it, then go at it. He's given them up in, to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God. Look at this. We saw this a while ago, didn't we? He exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Same lie. Same lie that started in Genesis is the same lie that you find in Revelation. Same lie that we saw in 2 Thessalonians. Same lie that we're finding here in the book of Romans. It is exchanging the truth of God for the lie. They worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason. For what reason? Because they refuse to give in to God. They refuse what knowledge they have about God and they reject that. They want to be themselves. So for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due, by the way. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. That may be the key part of this whole section. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, they don't want Him first. They didn't like it. They liked to make their own choices. They liked to do their own thing. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind 
to do those things which are not fitting. And then he begins to list them. Look at this list, beginning in verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, bike I couldn't say it this morning either. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And then look at this in verse 32. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, they know. They know that they're going to be accountable to somebody somewhere. All right? They know the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things, the things that are listed from verse 29 down to verse number 31, are worthy of death. Now, you may look at that and go, well, phew. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a murderer, you know? I mean, I'm not malicious. I, I'm, not, I'm not covetous or wicked or I'm not proud, which, I mean, you just keep saying, you know, I'm not all these things. You probably are. You know, I, I'm not a backbiter and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not all these things. Look at how verse 32 finishes. Not only do the same, in other words, not only practice verses 29, 30, and 31, but also approve or tolerate those who do practice them. That's where we are, isn't it, for the most part. So what happens then to the person? They're still accountable to God. God will hold them accountable for their sins. Talk about urgent. Talk about urgent. We've got to tell people. You've got a story to tell. He's got a story that needs to be heard. need to tell it. All right, we've got one more question today. Of the urgent questions, and I think, I think both these that we've looked at are urgent questions. It's questions that we need answers for now because, you know, who knows when the rapture's coming? Who knows when death is coming? So those are urgent questions. But this third one is the most personal of those urgent questions. Have you heard the gospel and received Christ as your Lord and Savior? I mean, let's just not talk about people in remote places of the world. And let's not just talk about people in the future one day. Let's talk about people that are right here, right now. Jesus loves you. Because of your sin, He died for you. He beckons you, He begs you to surrender your life to Him, to give your heart to Him. There's not a person in this room that can say that they have never heard. You can't jump into one of these other classes. So what about you? What have you done with the gospel? What have you done with Jesus? Here's here's really where the question is going. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? All right, you want to see that? Go with me to the last book of your Bible, book of Revelation. The last verse of the next to the last chapter. So you're going to chapter number 21, and it's going to be verse number 27. That's the one that we're going to look at. I mean, I've been able to give you short answers to those other questions, but I can't give you a short answer or even a long answer to this question. Because this is your question. Have you 
heard the gospel and received Christ as Lord and Savior? My short answer is yes. Yes, I have. My long answer is, again, what y'all know better than I know by this point. I have. Okay? The moment that you say yes to Jesus, that moment as a 17-year-old, when I said yes to Jesus, Jesus took that blood-stained finger and wrote Tim Jones in his book. Now, there might be a lot of other people named Tim Jones, but they ain't no Tim Jones like this Tim Jones. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There ain't nobody else like him. There's only one you. And when you say yes to Jesus, He writes your name in that book. Now, look if you will at that verse. Last verse of chapter 21 of Revelation. But there shall by no means, if you remember, uh, we were in this verse not too terribly long ago, there's a double negative that he's using. He, he's saying, You're not, you ain't ever, 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 ever going to let this happen. Okay? There shall by no means enter it, what's it? It is heaven. Anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. You know why nothing's going to happen like that? Because two chapters earlier, God takes Satan, sinners, and sin itself and casts them into hell. And from that point forward, they're never ever heard from ever again. There's not any abomination around. There's not anything that defiles. There are no lies. There are no, by the way, there's our word again, isn't it? The lie. It's not around anymore. It's gone. He's already taking care of that. Look at this. So who is going to be there if those things aren't? Only those. Only those. Only those who were written in the Lamb's book of life. I mean, there ain't a, there's not a more personal question today than that. It's your name in the book. You know? Have you said yes to Jesus? These are urgent questions. The invitation today is urgent. Say yes to Jesus. Stop playing around with it. If you, if you know of somebody... Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody you go to school with. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Maybe it's somebody that you just know casually. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's another church member. You're convinced in your heart that they need the Lord. Tell them. Man, for the love of God, tell them. It's important, isn't it? Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for every person that's in this room as your Spirit fills this place, as your Spirit permeates every single heart, I pray that you would do your work, that you would draw people to yourself, that you would draw us closer, that you would give us direction about what to do and where to go and who to talk to and all of those things. Father, this is your time. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you... What an amazing message. Have you heard the gospel and received Christ as your Lord and Savior? You can, and Pastor Tim would love to tell you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can contact him at 
church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.